Welcome, guys, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fredrickson. We are honored that we could be a part of your recovery journey and encourage you and help you in any way possible. Before you enjoy this awesome podcast, we also just want to let you know there is a whole bunch of free resources that you can find on our website at recoveringreality.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, friends. Hope you are doing well in the midst of uh, this situation that we are still in with this uh, COVID-19 shenanigans. Rather than get me started on all that, I'll just I'll leave it at that, shenanigans. <clears throat> um, but I wanted to just touch base with you guys. I know I haven't been as active on the podcast. Um, we've been working on a lot of really amazing things. Here's just a few things right now that you can just... Uh, resources you can get to the website they're 100 percent free we just finished um there's so many people that have been struggling relapsing um in this just this local area um overdosing we've had like a half dozen deaths and other people who have been uh, brought back from from narcan and it's, it's just not good there's a lot of people relapsing too um like i said and so just i've been on the phone well non-stop but uh, I created a little resource for anybody that uh, is interested in just getting a little bit more free help. It's um, seven days of free online recovery coaching. Uh, even if you're already signed up to my email list, which a lot of you are, the way you get access to it is going to the front page of the website, recoveringreality.com. Plug your email in there and um, for seven straight days, you'll get an email and uh, it'll give you we cover seven different foundational topics um, subjects and you're going to get resources tips tools uh, all sorts of stuff that are going to help you um, get a better perspective on that topic and overcome things that have held you back surrounding that and of course as i've shared there's also the free ebook on there recovery 101 which is 12 pages of tons of resources and links and questions and writing things you can do and prayers you can pray to just uh, get a uh, better more solid foundation on your recovery as well so you can plug in there i've been very busy with that we're also finishing up um, our own recovery coach training certification uh, many people have come to me asking um, if i would help them get started in recovery coaching and out of that space i just am creating one to just help people be able to uh, be more effective in helping others get free from addiction first step second step stay in sustainable healthy recovery so keep an eye for that and go access all of that stuff for free on the website so i want to just kind of talk about like hope and um what how we're thinking what are we thinking about during this time you know it's 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 funny to me you you get people who are optimistic in the face of dire circumstances and people are like you know you're it's false hope you're you're gonna let people down you know it's foolishness and uh, there's various other ways to say you know but I just look at it like this you know having hope in the midst of bad circumstances is not being naive it is not being foolish it's actually called leadership it's called leadership and it's called real hope now I've gone over this but it's good to to touch base on it again you know we most people when they think of hope they just think of wishful thinking if we're gonna be honest they just think of 
well i hope it happens well it might well it didn't last time but i hope it does and what you agree with in your mind you grant permission to play out through your actions and if my definition of hope is just wishful thinking i shouldn't be surprised if what i'm quote unquote hoping being you know having wishful thinking towards rarely ever happens so I'm not actually agreeing with it happening. I'm agreeing with, well, truthfully, if we're really past discouragement and disappointment. That's why I say, what's well, wishful thing? Well, I hope, well, maybe, it's because I got my hopes up on something in the past and it didn't happen. So a lot of people, what they do is now their filter for the future becomes their past discouragement and everything from there on out is just kind of, yeah, well, I don't know, maybe, we'll see. I hope so. That's, that's wishful thinking at best. It's not hope. Hope, you know, the definition I feel like is the most beneficial and has to be some sort of foundation from where we're coming from with our thinking and what we believe and why it works. And the definition that I'm, the biblical definition for hope, which is where I'm coming from with this, is the joyful expectation of what is certain to come. In the midst of situation like this okay many people it's really case by case everybody's been affected in some way shape or form okay um, but it's really past that it's there's a lot of case by case and what I mean is you got some people who this is not a vacation and I'm not insinuating it is but you got some people who are kind of that's kind of what it is so they're stuck at home it sucks you know they're obviously they've been affected by it but Maybe they're still getting a paycheck. Maybe they're working from home. Maybe they're doing okay financially. It's not even affecting them. Maybe the work they do isn't affected at all um, by what's going on. And they're kind of just bored at home, okay? You got other people who their small businesses, the work they've been doing their whole life, just shut down. They don't know when it's opening. They had to fire their employees and they burned through their savings. You got other people who lost their job, haven't got unemployment. You got other people who, it, so it's, it's, it is case by case, the details of it. Um, so, but in, in the midst of it, no matter what we're going through, this doesn't have to be the final chapter. This, this doesn't have to be the last say. This doesn't have to have the final word on things. You might say, well, easy for you to say, Eric, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, I don't, but you also don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what everybody, well, that's not true. I know what a lot of people are going through. I'm talking with a lot of people and I hear the worst of it, if you want me to be honest. I'm, you know, I'm the person that gets the phone call in the middle of the day that says, can my mom come over and get Narcan from you right now before my spouse dies in the other room from an overdose? I'm the person who gets messages all day long saying, my son has relapsed and my boyfriend, my husband, my fill in the blank, my wife has relapsed and it's worse than it's ever been what can you help every day I'm talking to those people and getting those messages so so I do know what a lot of people are going through all right and we're, everybody's going through something right now but here's here's the the thing that we often need to think about in the midst of that what what am I agreeing with in the midst of it what am I agreeing with in the midst of the problems what am I you know like for example you got my you might be able to hear my sons playing in the background. We're all, we're here at home, going on six, seven weeks now. Um, they're laughing and playing. In the midst of it, what is it I'm agreeing with? Because 
what I agree with in my thinking, what I agree with in my mind, I grant that permission to play out through my actions. Now, I'm not going to pretend that it's always the easiest thing to do, especially when we're facing tough circumstances. Okay, and I've been through many, all right? I've been through a whole bunch of really tough stuff, okay? I have. But it's in the moment. What, what I agree with in those moments dictates how it plays out, dictates the course of my life once the challenges lift dictates my clarity, my energy, and my ability to get past it and the time frame at which I get past it. Let me give you a dramatic biblical example, okay? Um, I'm not going to name the exact place in the Bible. It's in 2 Samuel, all right? But King David, um, he got a prophetic word from the prophet saying he was going to be king. Now, he got this prophetic word when he was a very young teenager. And then we know the story of David and Goliath happens, okay? The story of David and Goliath takes place. He defeats Goliath. Uh, the king at the time gets very, very jealous um, and turns around and tries to kill him. And he spends what most theologians believe is 13 years in the caves and in the desert trying to escape the sword of King Saul, who's trying to kill him because he's jealous of him. That's about a 30 second Reader's Digest version, okay? In the midst of him being out in the caves, near the end of it, you're talking about years now, he had his mighty men, he, has, he had some, some dudes with him who were like legit. We're talking like Navy SEALs back in the day. These were like the guys. You don't mess with them, period. They're out there in the caves, in the wilderness, struggling. Like, just read through it struggling okay just read first and second samuel for an amazing story on overcoming challenges and leadership now near the tail end of it they they come to a place where um they they have a location where they've set up camp okay uh david has led his men out to do some uh, military exploits in the midst of being out there a a rival group of people lack of better way to put it come and take all of the men's wives children and all of their belongings and destroy their camp okay destroy their camp take everything david and his men return to their camp that is destroyed all of their stuff taken and their wife and kids immediately his own men want to do away with him his own men want to do away with him put this in perspective years being stuck out in the caves and in the desert okay years of it now and just dealing with everything that is involved with that never having a real place to live just constantly trying to avoid being killed by the most powerful person in the country, what we would call it, okay? Kingdom. Years of that. Finds a place, settles in. Is out, you know, doing military exploits, okay? Comes back. His wife, his own wife and kids are gone. All their stuff stolen, burned, and all of his men, okay? That's the frame of mind that he's in. Most people would have crippled. Most people have never even reached the place where he's at and still being the leader, now his own men want to do away with him. And it says in that moment, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now we can get lost. You know, I have a lot of people who listen to this who um, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you are or different places in your journey. Uh, maybe most people are listening or uh, in recovery. Uh, a lot of people listen are not as well. But just rather than get tied up in a, oh, it's a biblical story of a different culture and, you know, in the Lord, you know, what does that even mean? Just just put it in perspective of being in David's shoes of everything I just described, okay? And he stepped aside, and what he did 
was he took a moment. It doesn't say exactly what he did. It just says he did it. He took a moment and he encouraged himself in his relationship with God. Whatever he did worked, okay? Now, here's some of the things that I do in space like that, or I would assume he did. Remember who God is and what he's already done. The situation you're currently facing with whatever it is you're going through, okay? I'm telling you right now, it's not the final word. It's not the end. This is not the last chapter, all right? It's not to downplay you. You might be going through something or know someone or, or whatever. I'm telling you, but this doesn't have to have the final say. All right. And in the midst of it, what I'm agreeing with in my mind, how I'm thinking, how I'm staying encouraged is going to have a huge bearing on what the coming days look like. So David's in that place. He encourages himself in his relationship with God. And here's what immediately happened. Immediately. This is what happened. Him and his men went, took out the rival tribe, whatever it is we want to call it, the other the group of men that came, burned their camp, took everything, took their women and kids, went, defeated them, got all of their women and children back, all of the items that were stolen from them, and a whole bunch more that were stolen from them. I think if I remember right, it's seven times because they actually emptied out all of the stuff that this rival tribe had stolen from everybody else. Now, cool. Great story. That happened a long time ago in a, long, in a different place. Pull that into real time for yourself. What can God do in this situation? Grab a hold of the possibilities of what God can do. Grab a hold of hope. Not, well, maybe it didn't happen last time. I hope so. But the joyful expectation of what is certain to come. And when I'm locked in in a relationship with God, God wants my well-being more than I want it. God wants me to prosper more than I do. And God wants to see things turn around more than I do. He's not the one that created this situation. He's the one that's going to get us out of it. In a matter of like a day, David goes from lost his wife, lost his kids, his men want to kill him. But he had cultivated a place of relationship with God that he encouraged himself in God, and in the matter of a day went from that place to everything back and all of the other goods that all of them had stolen. And then he was able to use all of those goods and give gifts and pay back a whole bunch of different people who helped them in their time of trouble and being in the, uh, in the caves out there trying to get away from King Saul. What is it you can do right now to get your perspective off of the immediate circumstances? Encourage yourself in hope and believe for the good coming out on the other side of this. Well, it's not that easy, Eric. What if it is? What if it is? What if it's just a matter of saying, God, you're going to do this. I don't exactly know how, but you're going to. Want to show me anything you're going to do? And most importantly, show me and tell me what it is I need to do to position myself to let you do in your fullness what it is you want to do coming out of this situation. I've been in unbelievably bad situations. I remember this probably, uh, let's say 
three years ago. I was living in California, which is insanely expensive, which is bad, okay, which is it's worse than you've heard. Everyone says, why would you move out of California? Well, my question is, having, having lived there for 10 years, why would you live there? <laughs> so it, was, it got so bad in our situation that there was one night where we were, gosh, I think it was like $200 negative in our account, all right? And we didn't have food and diapers. And somebody showed up at our doorstep at 10 p.m. with $300 cash not a coincidence that is god doing for me what i can't do for myself and using a person to reveal himself okay that's three years ago now it's all grace but now i'm able to do that at times for other people he doesn't always want to be he doesn't always want us to be in that place where we need a miracle to survive. If you're in that place right now, it's okay, especially the situation we're facing right now. There's a lot of people in that place, and it's not their fault, okay? If you're in that spot, it's okay. But his goal is to get us out of that place so we're not the one needing a miracle, but his goal is to get us out of that place so that he's the one using us to drop off the miracle to someone else. That has taken place in three short years. Even in the midst of everything that's going on, we've been able to do some of that. That's not boasting. That's boasting in God's ability to transform someone's life and situation. And what he did for me, he'll do for you. And what he did in King David's life in that dramatic situation, he can do the same thing in your life. Are you staying encouraged right now? What is it you're thinking about right now? Are you thinking about the possibilities? Are you thinking about solutions? Are you thinking about the good that's gonna come? I understand it's a discipline and it's difficult right now. I understand that, okay? What I'm saying is, the more we can practice locking in on that way of thinking, the more we're gonna position ourselves coming out of this, not only to hit the ground running, but to be in perfect gear and to just take off again. I encourage you guys to think through it, only you know, okay? You're not talking to someone whose life has just been perfect and I'm just spouting off something I read in a book, all right? I've been through it, okay? Everybody's dealing with some stuff right now, but we have a choice what we agree with and we have a choice how we position ourselves to come out the other side of this, regardless of what we're all going through. Bless you guys. Hope you're doing as good as you can. We'll connect again with you soon. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're interested in recovery coaching, please reach out to us, get plugged into a free 20-minute session so we can get you on the road to transformation. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can start a brand new life starting today. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us.